Let's get sweaty. Hello and welcome to the Shenmue Dojo Christmas Special for Radio Sega's Winterfest 2021. We hope you're enjoying the festive period and all of Radio Sega's shows and events. Check out RadioSega.net to find out what's going on. For ourselves, we planned just a nice, relaxed, fun-filled Christmas show for you all today. So get out a nice mug of hot chocolate or eggnog and sit back by the fire listening to two rambling Shenmue fans chat about Bollocks Christmas Edition. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I am James Brown, and as always, I'm joined by Santa's little helper himself, Matthew Oliver. Merry Christmas, Matt. <laughs> Merry Christmas, that's very polite. Santa's little helper, I've been called a lot worse over the years. I'm sure you have, mate. How is it going? Yeah, good, man. All, all good, getting into Christmas, getting into the Christmas spirit, winding down for work, etc. Um, you? Yeah, all good. I'm starting to get into that Christmas spirit myself as well, as we move ever closer to the big day. What have you asked Santa for this year? Um... I'm really hard to buy for. I'll be honest. I, yeah, all, I, I like gaming stuff. It gets expensive and all the rest of it. So I am getting Guardians of the Galaxy on PS5 for Christmas. The wife's bought me that. Is that out? Is it? Uh, yeah, it came out uh, about a month ago. Actually, I, I saw a video on it on on Digital Foundry. Actually, did a video on it, and I was quite impressed by it. So I thought, you know, well, that'd be a good Christmas present. Okay, interesting. So, yeah, I saw there was loads and loads of stuff for that on my. Was it E3 or one of the? The press conference yeah, shows. Yeah. Was it Ubisoft stage or someone's stage? It was on for ages, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's a funny one because the Avengers game sort of got like serially panned by everybody. But actually, the Guardians of the Galaxy game is is um has had some really good reviews on it. So I'm looking forward to get my hands on it. It's a single player game, no multiplayer rubbish. I'm just looking forward to it. Sounds good. Sounds good. Anything else or money? I think, like I say, I'm really difficult to buy for. So I, I put money towards things like Shenmue gear, um, games, or, or, or whatnot. What about yourself? Uh, I suppose I'm a little bit the same, mate. I mean, I tend to buy what I want myself, if you know what I mean, mm. throughout the year. So when it comes to Christmas, yeah, I'm probably the same. I'm a bit hard to buy for. Uh, I know my wife's picked up some Sega shop merch for me. Excellent Christmas jumper and stuff like that. That we're still waiting for but other than that i got recently a, a darts live home board oh yeah you did yeah picked it up recently I, I saw sega japan tweet out about it well you know it's release mm. and of course i'm bloody influenced by twitter buying random shit from there <laughs> <laughs> as things pop up so i mean if you remember a few months back me you paddy scribe sheep went to flight club yeah we did darts I, I loved it mate yeah so much fun and it's actually myself, Paddy, Scribe, and Hannah. We've actually all picked up this new board. So it's come from Japan. It was quite pricey, but it's a Christmas present from my parents. So basically, if any listeners out there don't know what I'm talking about here, if you, if you know the darts mini games in Shenmue or Yakuza where it counts your score up as, as you're playing, it's literally one of those. It's like a dartboard. You might have seen them in the arcade too. It uses a, an app on your phone or iPad, whatever. And you could just play basic um, darts games, really. It's awesome as well because they've just finished a Sonic event for Sonic's 30th anniversary. And every day you get these missions that sort of like refresh within the app. 
telling you to do certain things like hit the ball twice in a match or finish with a score of 300 or something. And then you earn these miles points and then you can buy themes and animations from the shop. So I just managed to unlock all of the Sonic ones just before the event ended. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's really fun. If you're into darts, enjoy playing darts at all, I, I, I would recommend it. And um, it allows you to play on your own as well. So, you know, if you're a bit of a loner like me, you can just play against <laughs> the computer or against yourself. Um, but you can play local co-op, you know, if you've got a friend around. And uh, you can even play against people online or in teams, which is what me, Paddy, and Scrab are planning to do. Is going to do like a 3v3 team. And when Hannah gets her board, probably um, get her involved as well. And like your phone or iPad or whatever, it kind of acts like a webcam. So you can see... I think Scribe was saying earlier he's, he's he played online a little bit and he's he's coming across mostly Japanese people because obviously that's where the board originated from. Mm. But it's quite cool like that because at least you can't see like the cheating, so like you can actually see them and and yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's quite a social sort of toy. <laughs> so, Good idea, like I say, for though, someone, yeah, someone who's quite antisocial, I mean, I'd probably just be playing it on my own. Or, or with the Shemu gang, but yeah, no, it is a good idea. I agree. And other than that, I think I said it last time. Christmas is just mostly for my daughter now. Yeah. So I'm not particularly too fussed about getting anything. I probably just get some money or whatever, like you. And uh, yeah, like I say, I, I just buy myself what I want most of the time, to my own detriment. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's crack into the show. So for this episode of the show, we want to stick to the Christmas theme, obviously, and talk about Christmas in and around Shenmue. So the original Shenmue was released actually in December in Japan on the 29th of December 1999. And also in Europe, it was released on December the 1st, 2000, so like nearly a year later. And, you know, again, around that sort of Christmas period. So Japan, I don't particularly think they celebrate Christmas to the best of my knowledge. So I'm wondering how Christmas Eve feel the game felt to them at the time. I mean, even on the 29th of December, so soon after Christmas Day, uh, I'm not too sure. But I think from what I've heard in Japan, you know, they, they celebrate it a little bit, kind of like in Dubuitra, you get the banners and the stuff in the shop windows. And then as, as literally as soon as Christmas Day hits, I think everything comes down and you'd never know Christmas had happened. So, you know, whereas over here in the UK... People tend to leave decorations up for at least 14 days, is it? Something like that, isn't it? It's mm. quite a while. It is quite a while. It's a couple of weeks since, you know, I've noticed recently a lot of people can't even be asked to take the lights down at all. Yeah. <laughs> Some houses got, got lights up all year, really. Just leave them on, leave them up there and turn them off, don't they? Turn them off, yeah, not switched on, but, you know, just sitting there ready for following Christmas, I suppose. You know, well prepared, perhaps. How mad with Christmas do you guys go in your house? Um, I mean... I want to say we go mad, mad. I mean, I don't know if you remember these. You probably growing up, we we put up like ceiling decorations, like the the foil garland stuff. I don't know if you remember them from being a kid, but we used to put them up when I was a kid, and so did my wife's family. So we sort of both went. Mm, well, we I want think some I know this what for, our, for ourselves. Like dangly Christmas trees that are silver and that yeah, sort of stuff. yeah, very very similar to that. And it all goes goes across the ceiling, dotted around everywhere. I mean, it is very. 80s slash 90s but quite frankly um i quite like it so why the yeah. hell not and we put yeah up, i can um, imagine that sounds good we've got we you know christmas tree goes up um we don't get a real one because it's just a complete pain um we used to get real ones as, when i was a kid but we sort of stopped that um as i became an adult and then um decorate our offices and the kitchen and stuff we don't go mad mad i think christmas we're quite 
insular. We tend to try and spend Christmas Day together. Um, it, it sounds really, really petty, I suppose, but there's no arguments at Christmas. If we just go, we're staying staying at home to ourselves and enjoy it, and then go out and see everybody sort of around it because then it's just a, it's just a lot easier for everybody. But I love Christmas. I'm, I'm a Christmas fan of it. I love you know celebrating, drinking. I do eat too much over Christmas. My God, every every year <laughs> I go back to the gym and I think, right, I won't do that again. I won't do that. And every year it's the same bloody thing. Well, the biggest problem is like chocolate, though, isn't it? Really? Oh God, yeah. You get so much chocolate over Christmas. I mean. Uh, I know we do. Was you know, people bring selection boxes and yeah, just just at work, someone's already given me a box of chocolates already, and it's only like the bloody eighth of December. So <laughs> yeah, you've got a long way to go yet. Got a long way to go, but yeah, I mean, we do similar things. We've got li- little bits and bobs up. We've um, well, my wife's put these Disney bauble things. We've got hanging from the ceiling. She collects oh, yeah. over the over the years. We always get like the yearly Disney bauble, and we've actually just picked up a fiber optic tree ourselves because I think last year we did get a a real tree from like we went and picked one up. Yeah, yeah. Strapped it to the car or whatever. <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it is. It's too much of a mess, especially with dogs because they like they're running past it and the the pine things are collecting in the feet and it's just spreading it around the house as well, which is so. This year we've got a fiber optic tree. For the living room and it's pretty nice actually and it, my wife wasn't going to bother and then i thought well you know it's probably would be nice to have a tree up for a daughter to have a bit of a christmas theme going on get it in her head and still while she's young that you know christmas is a thing decorations go up I, I, it's it's hard to get your head around like how a child's brain works in relation to time and date and stuff you know at the moment mm. she probably doesn't realize a thing like a cal- calendar i mean we do do some like set things like every thursday she'll go swimming yeah so yeah. maybe she's like getting into that, like, oh, you know, it's if this is a week. Maybe she thinks that like, I don't know, but eventually she'll get to a point where Christmas. I mean, it, it must happen early because I remember being excited for Christmas when I was like four. Do yeah, you know what I mean? so I, it must happen. I do. Hmm. You, you pick it up, don't you? Eventually, sort of four or five, you get that awareness of time and yeah, adverts and, and stuff on the TV, I guess. Yeah, oh god, adverts everywhere, like the biggest latest toys and lights mm. and and everything in between. It, I mean, it ramps up now so early, doesn't it? When you think about it, it does. I mean, but then again, I've seen, I've you know, a lot of people slack recently with Christmas decorations. I, at least around here, I've not seen half as many as previous years. I don't know if that's the same just around here or you've noticed as well um not so i mean not so much around if anything i've seen more lights this year really? around here which which is interesting because i think down okay. south we're all miserable bastards so <laughs> <laughs> that must be like lights. moving on its way up up the country then yeah must be right so all the way back in episode one i spoke about my very first time experiencing shembo and that was on christmas day i didn't get it day one I'm not sure if my mum and dad picked it up on release, possibly, but I know it was saved for Christmas Day itself, and that was probably the most I've ever been excited for a game, I think, other than when the Dreamcast was released, and probably that game at the time was Sonic Adventure. So Shemu obviously topped that in the end, and I remember being able to sneak 20 minutes in on Christmas Day in between the Christmas events, getting my nan round, watching Christmas films and shows, eating Christmas dinner, etc. And then probably at the end of the night... I delved back into the game, but those initial 20 minutes I can remember quite vividly to a certain extent. I remember like really looking around Rio's room, struggling with the controls and camera a little at first, like most people probably did when they first played the game, but you know, still being intrigued by the detail just in Rio's room. 
obviously seen the opening cutscene too, which blew me away. And I think that Christmas, I must have just had Shenmue on my mind that whole day. And don't you think it's surreal to think back to those first times playing the game, not knowing how it's going to completely change our lives, our mentality, interests, and that's without even considering, you know, that first experience of of the game with fresh eyes, not knowing where to go, who to speak to, how long the game even is. You know, my mind literally can't even comprehend that feeling these days. The series is just so second nature to us, and I could literally play it with my eyes closed. So I don't know, what was your initial experience of the game like, and was it in and around the Christmas time period for you as well, man? Mine was just after Christmas, actually. Um, I have my birthdays not very long afterwards so Shenmue was a um a birthday present actually and I, I got it and shoved it in my dreamcast so obviously seeing the, the bits and pieces that are in the gaming magazines but not knowing a huge amount about it quite honestly I just saw all the, you know, all, the, all the screenshots and thought that you know this looks really really good like nothing you'd ever seen in terms of a game before but um I went in blind and I I, I remember the, the opening cutscene kicking off and Landy absolutely destroying a wow. And I was, I, I was hooked from that moment on. I was hooked. I don't think I'd ever seen cinematics in a game like it at the time. And that, that sort of feeling sticks with me even, even now. I mean, if I could bottle it and sell it, I would do quite, quite frankly. And then like, like you, I spent, I spent ages in, in the Hazuki Dojo, Rio's bedroom, looking around, opening the drawers, finding the Sega Saturn. It probably took me an hour, hour and a half, I reckon, to go outside, like go into the in, in Sakurajoku, Yamanose, and start sort of milling around there. I mean, I think that's just what it was. I don't know about you, man, but I reckon just looking around the Hazuki residence and stuff, we probably didn't even see the, you know, that, that first side quest with the, the old lady who's trying to find the Yamamotos because I think after 2 p.m., She's she's long gone. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if I saw that or not. I, can't, I honestly can't remember. But I do vividly just remember just strolling around, knocking on every door, speaking to every person, and sort of taking things in, assessing the game. And I'll be honest with you, at first, in that first sort of hour and a half, two hours, I was like, well, nothing's happening. You know, what's going on here? Um, I remember turning it off. I think I got some lunch or whatever went and played something else for a bit and I came back to it that evening thinking right I'm gonna sort of sit on this for another sort of two three hours and really get into it and that was it that that was it like in terms of when the story started moving and the gameplay started kicking in you started getting into your fights you started in the free battles like the, the opening cutscene intrigued me and hooked me but that was that was hook line and sinker that that got me that got me and i couldn't put, put couldn't put it down i for probably about two weeks i kept playing it and kept playing it and kept playing it and I, I don't know how many hours i poured into that um but i vividly remembered going through christmas in dobuita doing no, uh, new year getting the zomi cutscenes, and i remember looking on the passport disc and was like checking off all the all the cutscenes that i was getting at the time as well um think i got all of them apart from one or two i can't remember mm. um and i, a I remember being, ones to find yeah and i remember being annoyed that i didn't get them all because I, I i sat there and spent a long time playing the game and obviously finished the game about two weeks later and yeah i i was a shenmue fan for life at that point and yeah. it shaped the games that i play and enjoy even to this day yeah it's it's interesting you mentioned the passport because i was probably the same looking on the passport disc 
just just being amazed by the extent to which they went with the game by you know even having that passport disc and connecting to the internet and I mean, I don't remember going in huge details looking at all the character profiles and stuff because I remember it being really, really slow, like loading and stuff. And obviously on the 1p a minute line, <laughs> probably didn't end up doing that. But at least on that offline content, like you say, with the, the cutscenes and also in the music list, there was like some songs at the bottom that were like question mark, question mark, question mark. Mm. And it was like, how do we get them? So yeah, like you say, it's that first period of time i mean it probably did take a good couple of weeks to complete the game obviously we didn't know where we were going or what was to come uh, i do remember that first playthrough taking quite a long length lengthy amount of time i, I, I was it, didn't you find I, it was probably the first game i had where it was a, like cut into multiple discs i know there was games prior to that like panzer dragon saga but i didn't own that back in the day so i didn't really have any games that were maybe like longer than two discs so to have this four-disc four sort of game was like just crazy on its own and you get to the end of disc one and it kind of like helped you to, to know how far through the game you were, in a sense. Like you knew yeah. insert disc two, insert disc three, um, you're, you're in the last section of the game kind of thing. But I don't know, mate. It was just, it's just crazy how much detail there was in the game and experiencing that for the first time. I, you can't put it into words. Like you say, I, w- I wish you could bottle that feeling or go back and get your memory, perhaps not your entire memory erased, but just so you can play the game again and then go back and, and remember, <laughs> get your memory erased, play it again, and then take that new fresh memory of you playing it again for the first time with you and get your, all your memories back again. <laughs> Yeah, if that makes sense. Not that that's yeah. possible, but no, I I agree. It's um, and also at the time, I think the timing of that game was was massive for us as, as teenagers, where you you yeah you're still sort of finding your way. You still you can be influenced by things a little bit, and I think the, the timing of Shenmue in terms of the product, it was it stood out as as levels above anything out there. It really did, and I think that's probably also why it's such a special game to 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 us and the community because it it did something no other game could and probably hasn't yeah exactly it was the first of its kind first first game like that i've ever experienced and still i could probably say have ever experienced i know these games that have tried to take concepts out from shenmue and open world genres and this sort of stuff but there's something really special about Shenmue that has that lasting appeal to me and obviously you as well, mate. Yeah, definitely. It is just a, a very special series in its own right. So we're going to get into the Christmas spirit a little bit with some Shenmue Christmas music. So first, we're going to take Shenmue 1's own soundtrack. This is actually a Passport bonus track, and it is Jingle Bells.
Welcome back. That was Jingle Bells from the Shenmue Passport. So, Matt, I've got six Shenmue-themed virtual Christmas crackers to open with you on the show. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Let's get the box. Let's pop the first one open. Let's get it out of the box here. Okay, let's go with this one. So, give it a good pull, mate. <laughs> That's what she said. A virtual pull. Virtual pull. Might play a sound effect there. I just pop, pop the hat on. Oh. <laughs> I'm chuckling at my own shit here. Oh, that's cool. It's it's actually made to look like Chamfort's beret. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm taking the piss, of course. But what I do have are six Shenmue-themed jokes to go with each of these virtual crackers that we'll be opening throughout the show. So the first joke, Matt, prepare yourself. You've actually already heard this one but just act like it's the first time okay <laughs> i've probably forgotten it anyway so carry on what did jar jar binks say to zangyu when he was thrown out of his barber store go on how wooed oh dear god <laughs> oh no <laughs> that's the level of jokes you can expect to hear today on the show oh dear and sorry dear. guys <laughs> sorry guys yeah, hopefully you get actually get the reference there if you played shemu 2 in that case at least i'm sure Cozy down by the fire and enjoy a whole weekend of Sega radio shows and giveaways. This is Radio Sega's Winterfest 2021. Hello, it's Titch here. I'm a content creator under the name of Titch Life and I'm also a lifelong fan of Shenmue. So for me, Christmas and Shenmue are synonymous to each other and I find that in game and in real life. As the game's set in late 1986, it's kind of a no-brainer that Christmas is a feature of the game, especially as you get about halfway through December. And even before you get that far in, there's patches of snow and ice across the streets, and you can hear it crunching underfoot as you run around, which is a little detail that I really appreciate in the game. So as a child on my first playthrough, I remember it being a complete surprise to see tinsel and lights hung up across the street in Dubuita. And I also liked how jingle bells would play in the background and it got progressively louder depending on whereabouts you stood in the street. And then even more of a shock was seeing an actual Santa Claus walking around, completely remaining in character with some ho-ho-hos and Merry Christmases if you spoke to him. And whilst there are no overt events in the game to celebrate Christmas, you can still feel its presence fully there. And I find you feel it even more if you immerse yourself fully in the side quests and take your time to slowly walk around and speak to people. I got a copy of the game around Christmas time because that was when it was released in Europe. Because as a child I was so into Japanese culture and cats, so I was instantly sold on the premise of it. And I recall it, it took me a long time to complete because back then I didn't have access to the internet and I didn't have access to a physical game guide either. But really I think it came down to the amount of time I spent wandering around and doing side quests because I invested a lot of time into that. I really enjoyed the novelties of buying capsule toys and taking the chance to get a winning can from the vending machines because you had an abundance of pocket money which I didn't have in real life. And once we finished Shenmue 1, after a fair bit of pester power, we managed to get a copy of Shenmue 2 into our household. I found this game world was a lot less Christmassy and a lot bigger than Shenmue 1 and I really felt like a little lost sheep as much as Ryo did in this new world but that didn't stop me loving the game. I got so many more hours of joy out of it because it was much longer than the first game. 
So once I completed both of the games, I found myself repeatedly replaying them over and over because even as a child, I felt like the games were a second home to me. And I felt that so much that I just couldn't wait for Christmas to come each year where I'd have two weeks off and it was just the perfect amount of time to play through Shenmue 1 all over again and get that Christmas feeling. And even then, I'd complete Shenmue 1 and carry on into playing Shenmue 2 into the new year. A couple of standout memories of these winter playthroughs for me were being a complete party animal on New Year's Eve where the clock struck midnight and I was in the middle of playing Shenmue. <laughs> Another fun memory is playing through Shenmue 2 on Xbox over Christmas because my Dreamcast had broken and I just remember eating a ridiculous amount of speculars biscuits whilst looking for Street Fighters. So even though nowadays as an adult I don't get much chance to pick up the game over Christmas as much but it is a relief to know now that we have those remasters and it's just so easy just to stick them on and start feeling that snow crunching underfoot and getting into that Christmas spirit with Dubuita. And even then that's enough to take me back to those happy Christmas memories. Thank you Shenmue Dojo for having me on the podcast. I wish you all a very Merry Christmas. So Christmas in Shenmue map, when you think of Shenmue 1 and its world, is Christmas one of the things that springs to mind? And what is it about the game changes around Christmas, whether it be the weather aspect with the snow or some of the Christmas themed banners or jingles that play around Dubuita? Do you know what? It's, it's the whole feeling around winter and Christmas that I like with it. I mean, I love the snow in, in, in Shenmue. I, I, there's something about it that just feels right. I, it's probably the worst way to describe it in the world but i would quite happily deliberately and i don't know if you did this i'd walk through the big sort of snow drifts to get the yeah, crunch sound the crunchy sound satisfying yeah. crunch sound as you're walking towards the wheated walking down the street i love that and these, these these different levels of the crunch sound as well yeah exactly you get like a lighter crunch for sort of the slushy stuff and then you get a heavier crunch for the proper snow drifts call call me sad but i really quite like that and i just the way the scenery changes as well you see you know all the slush on the floor you see it on the roofs you see it you see the snow coming down as you're walking through debrita especially at night there's there's something about that you can feel that cold winter snowy air when you're walking through Dubuita at night the snow's coming down it's it's part of the world it's part of the world building it's part of the atmosphere and then as you say you get the Christmas banners pop up you have Santa walking around advertising some sort of bar which I can't remember right now um yeah and then the music as well you hear the little jingles as you're walking down Dubuita street it captures Christmas really, really nice. I mean, it's not, like you say, it's not massive in Japan compared to, to sort of the West, but there's enough of it there that it feels Christmassy enough and it engages you. And then you sort of move into New Year as well and and, and the changes around that with, with the ladies coming out in their, um, in their comos, et cetera, and celebrating New Year that way. It's just those little intricate touches made it and made winter and made Christmas, that that attention to detail, that world building around it, it it's second to none. I mean, you look at the, the rest of the game, obviously going to spring, your video, for example, shows the cherry tree growing. I know we're going way off course with that, but it's another example of those small, intricate details that Shenmue does brilliantly. And Christmas for me, winter for me, and Shenmue is just hand in hand. I, I love it, especially the snow. I'm a sucker for it. Yeah, no, I agree. Like you say, you've got that sheer attention to detail and because they're using a real world date and time system it allows them to incorporate these seasonal changes you like you say christmas new year and the cherry blossom season that 
I don't know how many people know about that because it's so hard to get. It's like at the, yeah. the tail end of March, early April. And just to get that far in the game, naturally, is it's almost impossible. It, you know, unless you just... I don't know how you'd even be spending your days to get that far. The only way that you could realistically do it is just keep failing, failing, failing the, the south area, which is what I did. You know, yeah. the, when you're catching the torch, if you just mm. let that play, just put your controller down, Rio just automatically keeps missing the torch, and it's like a day skip, basically, and then get to the tail end of March, and then catch it, do the stealth thing, go back home, and the cherry blossom tree, is it's starting to bloom. Um, at this point, you're going to get head, heading towards the bad ending, so make sure this isn't your main save. Just try this like as an experiment. And you can also do that to get to Christmas quicker, if you like, or like the New Year and yeah. stuff. So, I mean, it just captures that living and breathing world with you know with those intricate details uh, it is it's crazy it's it's crazy that they did it back in 1999 really in my opinion yeah it, it, unheard of at the time absolutely unheard of and i've got a blog post from phantomriverstone.com that goes into some of these details around christmas and the new year in shemu so i'm just going to read through the post to give people that may have not played shemu before or experience the end of December, the start of January in the game, to see some of these changes. So, this is written by Switch, obviously, over on phantomriverstone.com, and I'll pop the link in the description, of course. And he writes, The Shemu series has been carefully crafted to be played at the player's own pace, without being pressured to rush through to the end. Players are encouraged to take their time and explore and examine the world around them and are usually rewarded for doing so by the revelation of extra detail, conversations, or even cutscenes that might otherwise go missed or unnoticed. The transformation of the world at New Year in the first game illustrates this perfectly. With the game starting on the 29th of November, players who progress through the game at reasonable pace may finish the game without seeing the changes in appearance that can be seen around Yokosuka in the game at the start of the year. Since we're talking about seasonal changes, let's start by noting the changes seen around Dubuita, at Christmas as well. These are likely to be encountered by most players of Shemu. Yeah, I think by the by the end of the game, possibly, if you've been playing naturally at pleasant speed, you probably will see some Christmas aspects come into play. So from December the 15th to Christmas Day, the shopping street in Dubuita enters into the Christmas spirit. There's shopping street piped music as Rhea walks along Dubuita Street during this period. A number of Christmassy jingles play. These include renditions of Jingle Bells in the vicinity of the Tomato Convenience Store and Shenfoy's theme outside Yukioichi's Seafood. Uh, that's played with chimes and a, a pipe organ. And a side note, the game treats this music as part of the sound effect, so it plays in parallel with the free explanation music. And even today, in real life, Dubuita, Christmas music is actually piped through speakers during this period, and he took a little bit of a video when he was there during Christmas, and I think they were playing some sort of Christmas song over the speakers on the street, which is pretty cool. Attention to detail again. Good stuff. Um, so these Christmas decorations dotted around, you've got red Merry Christmas flags with an image of Santa Claus dotted along the lampposts, and several shops put up tinsel decorations on their facades. The Common A Bakery hangs up a wreath, whilst small Christmas trees appear outside the global travel agency and funny bear burgers. In modern times, Christmas has turned into shopping season in many cities, and Ikoska is no exception, with a large banner advertising the Ikoska Christmas sale. The most memorable character in the area at Christmas time is friendly Santa Maeno, who roams the street all day long and is always happy to let Rio know about the good deals available. I think he's like trying to sell different things <laughs> into like... <laughs> Um, hoka, lun hoka lunches and stuff like that. 
so yeah, so that's the Christmas stuff in the game, really. Like we said, the, the snow as well and all the decorations and stuff, it really gives that Christmassy feel. So how Yokosuka transforms at New Year. So not so frequently encountered are the changes that Dabuita and the surrounding suburbs undergo during the New Year period, which in the game lasts from January the 1st to the 5th. So it's saying that Japan has the concept of the Zodiac calendar, introduced from China, whereby each year is associated with one of the 12 Zodiac animals. Shemu's story begins in 1986, the year of the tiger, and changes to 1987, which was the year of the rabbit. Accordingly, Year of the Rabbit posters and illustrations can be seen displayed in shop windows along the Dubuita shopping street and even on some of the power poles in the hillside suburb of Sakuraoka. The text on the poster reads, New Year's Greetings, and at the side, in smaller lettering, is written New Year 1987, Shops Association. It's a pretty cool detail. The large banners that stretch across Dubuita Street have a new announcement during this period, Right on the heels of the Christmas sale is a New Year's big sale. In Japan, the New Year is a popular time for stores to hold New Year celebration clearance sales. There's also Dubuita Street flowers, so the New Year signals the coming of spring in Japan, bringing with it plum, peach and cherry blossoms. Hence, branches of artificial pink and white decorative flowers can be seen along Dubuita Street and the side streets. If you look carefully at the decoration, it also holds a small red and white placard with two kanji characters. I could read all the, the kanji characters for big and enter, I think, uh, written on it in stylized form. This represents a wish for a large number of visitors to the stores. Flowers even appear outside the Ape Store in Sakuraoka. There's entrance decoration. So in Japan, in the New Year, a traditional decoration called a shimikazari is placed above an entranceway to prevent bad spirits from entering and to invite a Shinto deity to descend and visit. It's made of sacred Shinto straw rope and other materials such as bitter oranges, ferns, and white ritual paper strips called shide. In Shenmue's New Year, such decorations can be seen not only above the entrance to many of the shops, but also at the entrance to houses in Sakuraoka and Yamanose. So there's street music again. So once again, the Dubita Business Association has selected a number of tunes, especially for this period, which can be heard as Rio walks along Dubita Street. The instrument used is the koto, a traditional stringed instrument that is often played to welcome in the new year in Japan. And finally, I think, is the wearing of traditional costumes. So perhaps the highlight of the change that occurs during the new year period is a change to traditional costume for a small number of characters. There are four female characters who can be seen dressed in kimono. They are Ryo's childhood friends Noriko Nakamura, Eri Tajima and Miki Maeda, as well as schoolgirl Yumi Morino. They can be found throughout Dubuita Street, Sakuraoka, and Yamanose. The attention to detail includes not only the colourful designs of the cloth and obi belt, but also hairpiece decorations and traditional slippers, zori, with white socks, tabi. Even their walking style and posture changes completely to fit with the smaller stepped gait that a kimono requires. Which, I don't know if you've seen this map, but it's really cool how the costumes just change at this time period with the, the kimonos. Really, really nice. It's, again, it's another point of detail isn't it they didn't have to go and do that but it, it fits with the time period it fits with with the celebrations again it's just world building it's attention to detail and actually the way they walk and sort of present themselves is very very different to what their characters would be normally yeah probably if you're watching this on youtube i'll be sharing a little bit of the footage so you can see this if you haven't seen this in play so during the new year, it would appear that the weather in the game is restricted to either snowy or overcast weather, avoiding rain during this period. 
However, if we use a small hack to force the weather to turn rainy, we can see that the kimono wearing characters will happily put up their umbrellas as well. <laughs> That's an interesting little detail. So as ever, this is Switch's final comment here, Shemu amazes with the care and depth taken over details that have no effects on the gameplay or story and may not even be seen by many players. However, without a doubt, they enrich the experience and reward players who spend time to explore what Shemu has to offer. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just make a brief mention as well. There's also a cutscene that plays with Nozomi. I think it's in the Sakuradoki Park. If you let the game go past Christmas... I think it's probably one of those hidden cutscenes you you try to unlock on the passport yeah. this one. Yeah, it <laughs> um, sounds like it. Yeah, and this time she's upset that Christmas has already been and gone and they didn't get to spend any time together. I'm not sure exactly how you unlock that, but I think it's literally just as you let the game go past Christmas. It, it could be the one where she rings the phone and you have to be there to answer the phone, or if you just walk into Sakuraoka after 8pm or something, something like that happens. Yeah, I think it's where she phones. I, I might be wrong. I got it, my memory's hazy on it. Yeah. You get Sounds the cut scene right. where, she, where she, um, she tells you about going to Canada first. But then if you get to Christmas, I'm pretty sure she phones the phone to the uh, dojo. You answer it, you go and meet her, and you have that Christmas cut scene. Nice right. cut scene. In that order as well, or could you get this before the Canada scene? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Answers in the comments below. Yeah, be interesting to know that one. So yeah, that was a really nice post from Switch there. Just highlights the attention to detail around Christmas and the New Year. Right, Matt, time for another cracker, do you think? Go for it. Let's put one of these out. <laughs> I'm going to stop doing that. It's fake, of course. But here's another joke. So... Why did the chicken cross the road? No idea. He's just in the way of the duck race. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry, that's shocking, I know. <laughs> right, let's quickly move from that straight into our second Christmas song. Here it is. It's Chamfois' theme Christmas version.
Welcome back. That was the song titled Sha Hua Christmas, using her old name there. And it's another from Shenmue's Passport. Enjoying the Winterfest? Why not keep listening to Radio Sega once it's over? There's plenty of live shows, and you can even request your favorite music from our playlist. You're listening to Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7. So... Matt, over on the Shemu Dojo forums, I put up a topic asking forum users for their own Shemu Christmas memories. Do you want to go through some of the responses that we got? Yeah, let's let's have a look. Some of them are quite funny and random, and others are quite quite traditional. So we'll start at the top, just move our way down. So Kodai Name says, So the funny thing for me was I grew up in New Zealand, and our Christmas in the Southern Hemisphere is, of course, during summer. So while I do agree Shenmue, the first one particularly, is very suited for cold, dreary weather, I didn't quite have the same Christmas connection to Shenmue like many, which you can understand living in barbecue weather. Yeah, it's crazy, um, isn't it? Do, during this is probably a daft question, but do they actually have a winter period in New Zealand or is it just all year round? I imagine they get some sort of shitty weather around what would be their winter. I don't know if they get. They might get snow some parts of it, but I'm not, I really don't what, know. What, like Someone's during our native. summer, so like July-ish? Yeah, yeah, around then. That's crazy, isn't it? I don't, don't know if they get much snow there. Someone who lives over there as a native might be able to yeah. tell us a bit more. So moving on, uh, Switch replied as well. And he said, the way the suburbs of Yakuska are transformed by the falling snow in the first game is one of the things that gives the first game such a special Christmas atmosphere. Nothing can match hearing the crunch, crunch, crunch as you guide Rio around Abuita with the faint sound of the theme song of the Tomato Convenience Store playing in the background. It sounds like he's reading my mind a little bit here. <laughs> um, it was always my dream to, to, to see and visit a snowy Abuita in real life. In one January a few years back, I was lucky enough for this to happen. Snow had fallen overnight, and the next morning I took the train down and experienced walking through the snow in the actual Abuita street and surrounding area. It really did look and feel just the way the game portrayed it. It was truly magical. And he's got a picture there of the shrine, actually. 
which yeah, looks really nice. It's got it? snow on the ground or on the roof, and it does look exactly like a Shenmue game, in fairness. Mm. Looks really cool. Next one is from Shenson, and he says here, I used to, used to play Shenmue 1 every year during the winter period. It always felt like I was experiencing two Christmases, one in real life and one virtually through Shenmue. Seeing the snow fall into Wheater, NPCs walking around town, Christmas decorations on the shop, Christmas music playing, and good old Santa strutting his stuff always <laughs> brought a smile to my face. Christmas in Shenmue is very special, which Dubuita makes you feel like you're actually there living Rio's life. I purposely go to, go around town and visit all the residents to see what they're up to, and even buy Kitty some food from the shop as a present. I'll call Rio's friends on the phone to see how we were doing, and sometimes I'll watch the beautiful Shenmue environments as the snow fell to the ground. Speaking about it now brings back such good memories and only a game like Shenmue can evoke such emotions and such an experience. This game is truly magical. And he's got a cheap plug here, but we'll mention <laughs> this mention this in more detail later. Check out Shenmue Gaiden or Gaiden if you want to see what really goes down on Christmas Day in <laughs> Shenmue, which we'll talk about a bit later. Okay, cool. Um, next one is Tente. Uh, my first time playing Shenmue was uh, around this time in 2001 when I borrowed it from a friend. It had me hooked. I couldn't put it down for a couple of weeks that it took me to beat it. When it got to Christmas time and game, it was during the event where we had to catch the flashlight and find warehouse number eight. It was very frustrating. It was certainly an experience to see the real-time snowfall, and I was smitten with the way everything looked, because at the time, nothing like it existed yet in terms of gaming. Very mm. true, very, very true. true. Very true. Spaghetti or spags. Um, it's come in and said, this is going to sound weird, but I actually associate Shenmue 2 slightly more with Christmas in my head than the original. The original, weird. obviously, <laughs> yeah, it is, it is a bit funny. Um, the original obviously has deep ties to Christmas for the time of year the game is set and when it released, especially in Europe. Yeah. But I bought it myself after Christmas for some money I'd received as a gift and didn't truly start playing until the new year. Christmas 2001 is a very different story. Shenmue 2 was releasing in November and it was the number one thing I'd asked for and Santa definitely didn't let me down. Unfortunately, I'd made one crucial mistake. My family and I went away for Christmas that year and I didn't have the foresight to ask to bring the Dreamcast with me. So from December 25th all the way to December 30th, all I could do was sit and stare at my brand new copy of Shenmue 2 <laughs> and read the manual from cover to cover. Oh, On the plus right. side, it did mean that I was fully prepared for the first command QTE hit. That watermelon never stood a chance. <laughs> That's funny. That is what we used oh, to do back in the day, isn't it? Just sit, read the whole manual before playing the game. At least I did, anyway. Instruction manuals, man. Bring them, bring them back. Yeah. Bring them back. Yeah. Um, Nowadays, last... you've got to go online and read some sort of digital oh, version. No. I if that is if they even bother to make one. I like the, whole, the hard manuals these days, but unfortunately, we don't get them. Yeah. Um, the last one is from BCDC Dude. Uh, when I got Shenmue in 2000, I was 15, and it was the happiest Christmas I think I'd ever had, although it is tinged with a bit of sadness. My parents had financial struggles, and when I learned that they didn't only did they spent absolutely ages trying to find a copy of Shenmue in San Domingo with the maracas, which he still has, they spent £500 on me and my brother each. I feel a little better knowing that I still have many of the presents to this day. Heck, U2 and Offspring albums I got that year are still in constant rotation. <laughs> I question okay. you too, but Offspring's a good shout. <laughs> um, so yeah, Christmas, Shenmue at Christmas, ever since the CVG reveal with the tagline, new greatest game ever, I was desperate for this game. When I finally got the game, I remember playing it for hours on end and just got lost in, in another world. It wasn't until later, the cold, wintry weather in game and the re in real life had made the two memories intertwined. 
I think Mizomi might have been one of the first crushes, my first crushes too. So, of course, when Shenmue 2 came out a year later, I, I asked for that for Christmas. And I was initially disappointed. I felt weird playing it. It took a while for me to realise that I was virtually homesick for Yukuska. Once that twigged, I realised how genius the game was making me feel emotions I'd never felt before. Shenmue mm. at Christmas reminds me of my dear grandma. She lived directly across the road from us, and at the time I was going through a bit of a rough patch, so I'd stay over hers for a few years keeping her company. I remember loving Shenmue so much, I would bring the game with me, and even though my dream pass was at home, I wanted Shenmue around me as much as I could. Nowadays, I don't get to play games as much as I like, but every Christmas I do like to play the soundtrack in the car, Nozomi's Confession on a Gentle Dark Night is Balm for the Soul, along with other Christmas classics which bring me joy, such as the Phil Spector Christmas album, the Greatest Showman soundtrack, Eric Martin's Christmas album of Japanese songs, and the Pokemon Christmas Bash. It's very eclectic choices there. Yeah, very interesting. <laughs> uh, the music evokes such nostalgic longing for what appears to be a simpler time. I miss it dearly. Very nice, very poignant words. I mean, I used to play Shenmue in front of my nan, I think, on the weekends. Maybe my parents worked quite a lot. And obviously in the school holidays as well, I used to take my... Dreamcast and a stack of games and it always seemed to be playing on Shenmue and she got so accustomed to it just watching me play it she was uh, pretty into the game herself <laughs> not playing it but just watching it just knowing I must have played it probably about 20 times in front of her so but yeah it's great to hear everyone's Shenmue Christmas experiences I want to thank you all for replying on the forums there if you want to go check them out you can head over to the Shenmue Dojo forums there and that was great so time for another Christmas cracker dude do it, do it. Okay, I'm not going to bother with the box, even though <laughs> I went to pick it up. So, third joke. That's all we're getting, just jokes now, sorry. <laughs> so, here we go. A man walks into a bar and asks the bartender, do you know where I can find some sailors? To which the barman replies, they're over there, but don't start anything. The man walks over to them and asks, are you guys sailors? To which the men reply, sailors. Nah, we're just base workers. Those guys hang around at the Heartbeats bar. So the man leaves and heads to the Heartbeats bar. Again, a man walks into a bar, the Heartbeats bar, and asks the bartender, do you know where I can find some sailors? All of a sudden, a sailor grabs the man on his shoulder and mutters, you some kind of TV... Actually, mate, this is just the strategy guide I'm reading, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my words. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of joke deception there for you. <laughs> <sighs> oh dear. Snow shows in Sega all weekend long. This is Radio Sega's Winterfest 2021. Hi, this is George and Joe Kitchen. Just wanted to send a quick message about uh, Christmas and Shemu and uh, our experience with it growing up during the holidays. And I think that we, uh, we both just discussed about... Um, the four or five days around Christmas where you walk around Abuida, it's snowing, and uh, you have that uh, small uh, window where you get to actually listen to the four or five chimes that play throughout the city. Uh, so we would just find a good place to sit, uh, take our old uh, TV, tint the, um, the lighting on it, the coloring, get it nice and dark. And we would have it in the background and we would watch uh, 
you know, it would be snowing outside once in a while, and you know, we have Shimu in the background playing where it snows, it's nighttime, and I think Silent Night's one of the songs that plays. I can't remember all of them. I think Jingle Bells was also there. Yeah, some of them were original compositions, some of them were just uh, actual Christmas songs. Yeah, but we would have it on the background while we were, like, you know, decorating the house. We, our family was big into decorating, or at least Joe and I were. And uh, we would put, you know, all this stuff in the basement. We'd have Christmas lights tied to the ceiling. And, uh, of course, having the shimmy on in the background with it is just kind of our little thing that we had back in the, you know, year 2000 when we were 20 years old. And it was really one of the last times I remember really getting into Christmas and decorating. And shimmy was kind of part of that. So that was my memories. Yeah, and the truth is, 21 years later, nothing's really changed. <laughs> uh, we've, we're still doing the same things around the same holidays. In fact, he's over at my my place right now, uh, and we're just talking about the same things that we always do. So anyway, uh, we wanted to just send that quick message and wish everybody a happy holiday. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. So, so, one of, so one of the most exciting things about the show I was looking forward to was giving you, Matt, a bit of a Shenmue quiz. Oh, Christ. Yeah, so don't worry, it's not Christmas-specific. I don't think I could get enough questions out of that, but let me explain how this is going to go down. Go for it. So I've got a list of 30 questions. I've got five for Shemu 1, mm-hmm. five for Shemu 2, five for Shemu 3. I've got five general questions, and then we're going to do 10 musical questions. Yeah. So all the questions, they're going to test your knowledge of the series and mainly focus on naming things. Oh, You'll see what I mean when we get into the quiz. So I want you to get a sheet of paper and a pen, and we're going to go through each question. I'll give you around 10 seconds answer time per question, perhaps maybe a little bit more on some of the questions that I feel are a little bit trickier. And then at the end of the quiz, we're going to go through the answers. So that means don't shout anything out. Right, fine. Uh, Just write down down the answers, and then that will allow the listeners at home to get involved as well if they want to have a go. So guys at home, be honest. Let us know after you tackle the quiz how many questions that you got right yourself. So the way the point system is going to work is if you give me a partial answer to a question, you'll get a point. So say if I ask for five things and you give me two, I'm going to give you a point. Mm-hmm. But if you can give me the entire question, give me everything that I was asking for, we're going to give you two points. Okay. So for the music section, we're just looking at you to recognize the piece of music right. and give me either the song title or where you think that piece of music is played in the game. So for that, we're only going to give one point awarded total just if you can recognize the piece of music that's fine cool. so that means there's a total of 50 points up for grabs so we've got 40 total from the 20 questions and 10 points from the music clips beautiful so i want you to try your best to give at least an answer as if you only get part of the question correct like i said you'll earn some points still and then at the end of the quiz we're going to go back through the questions and find out what you put matt and i'll give the exact answers then too make sure to take part everyone and hopefully it should be a lot of fun for a knowledgeable Shenmue fan Right, Matt, are you ready for the challenge? And have you got any other questions before we begin? Do I get who wants to be a millionaire, like, mood music? <laughs> Lifelines. <laughs> well, we might get some sort of um, some sort of time music. I've got a little timer on my phone anyway, so... I will go for that. I've actually written how many seconds I think a question's worth. Okay. So I'm either going to give you 10 seconds or 20 seconds. I'll probably let you know. Cool. And then when you hear the sound coming out my phone, little beeper noise, we're going to move on. Right. No problem. Okay, pens at the ready. Let's start. So these are the Shemu 1 questions first. So question number one. What is the name of the apartment complex where Rio finds the tattoo parlour? Okay. 
Okie dokie. Question number two. Which water dragon store is next to Nagai Industries? Okay. If you ever want to clarify anything, by the way, just let me know. Question number three. Can you name both of the barber stores in Dewita? Okay, question number four. How many warehouses are there in the old warehouse district? And question five, can you name six restaurant or food related stores available on Dubita Street? I'll give you 20 seconds for this one. So I'm looking for six stores or food restaurants. Shenmue 2 questions now. Question number six. Name the six areas of Wan Chai that have quarter in their name. So you'd think there'd be four, but there's actually six quarters. Give you 20 seconds again. Okay, name three locations in Wise Men's Quarter with a Manmo in the name. Ten seconds. That wasn't quite as mean, that question. Okay, cool. I thought you might get two and then the third one might trick you a little bit. But... Okay, question number eight. Can you name all four of the Wudu? Or the Wudu. How rude. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> okay, question number nine. So for this one, you don't have to give me the exact names, but you can give me the general animal, okay? So for five of the eight keys found in Zuyendar's five-star corpse room, so they're going to be either the real or the fake keys, can you name five out of eight? Five out of eight, okay. 20 seconds. Gone. Yes, I think I have. Good job. <laughs> okay, question number 10. How much money does the entry fee for the Rod Stunt Fight cost? Okay. Okay, moving into Shemu 3 questions. So, name five different areas within Bailey Village. Bloody hell. Um, I'm going to abbreviate them slightly. 
that's fine. Just for my writing. Uh, okay. Okay, question 12. Name the five different road names in Niawu. They don't all end in road, by the way. Just, just think of the roads in Niawu. Okay, question number 13. Name four different types of items available from the stalls in Vendor Avenue. So, get your mind in Vendor Avenue, what can you buy? Or what's the store selling? Four different types. Okay, I think I've got something. Uh, this one might be slightly easier. Let's see how you got on with this one. So, question 14. Name three different capsule toy sets in Shemu 3. Okay. Good stuff, good stuff. It's like the time I run out. Probably do this next one for 10 then. It's not as hard. Uh, question 15. Name each of the correct animal types that Rio has to think of in order to determine the name of the fighting style of Mr. Muscles. Oh bloody hell. I can remember the I can remember the button presses. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. We only spoke about this the other day, didn't we? I know. <laughs> okay, maybe I should have done 20 on that one, but I thought it'd be alright. Yeah, so we're moving into the general questions now. So these are going to be stuff from the series rather than a specific game. So question 16, how many chapter tiles are there? Okay, question 17, how old was Iwao Hazuki when he died? Ooh. You might surprise yourself if you have a guess. Okay, question 18. What is the name given to the martial arts style that Jammin can be seen practicing in Lotus Park in the South Comain Quarter? Gotcha. You got that one, have you? Yeah. Not Probably. sure if I would have got that, you know. Question 19. How old is Nozomi Harazaki? And question number 20. What does Shenfor say that the names Bai and Lu mean in Chinese for the village's name of Bai Lu? Okie dokie, so we're going to move now into the music round. So I'm going to send you pieces of music, Matt, and okay. we're going to play each of them twice. They're very, very tiny clips, so I want you to try and guess 
either the song title, if possible, or where the song plays in the game, the cutscene or like a shop or something. See if you can recognize where this piece of music plays. So here is track number one. Okay, let me just down let me play it. Should be an easy one to start. Yeah, off I was with. gonna say I appreciate that one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Okay, here is track number two. Alright, let's get my mouse. Okay. Ooh, I'm gonna play that again for myself. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let's just do a maximum of twice, eh? Yeah. Okay, so here's track three. Okie doke. Yeah, let's come through. Ah, yes. Some might be easier than others. Yeah. I suppose it just depends on uh, if you can recognise them. I'm describing the scene as best I can, so I don't want to make it ambiguous. No problem. Okay, I've just sent over track four. Okay. Yeah, got that. Good stuff, good stuff. I don't know the name, but I know exactly where that plays, so that's good. Send me the next one when you're ready. Oh, brilliant, good timing. Okay. Yep, track five. Okay, just make that better. Oh. So, by the way, some of the Shenmue 3 ones might be a bit louder, so prepare for that. Let me just make sure I haven't gone mad. For some reason, they're really, they are really loud. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, here's track six. Just... Ah, got it. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. Okay. There's track seven. Okay. Got that. I don't know if I said, but they're all over. Like it's that entire series. Yeah, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. Okay. Track eight. Okay. Let's give this a go. Okay. I know the name of that one. I, I, I better do it. It's played at my wedding. <laughs> I put, I snuck that one in just to see if I could catch out. <laughs> okay, there's trap nine. Scan that down. Ah, a bit trickier. I'm torn with that one, but I think I've got it. Okay, I'm going to send you track 10. Oh, yeah, here we go. Okay, I got it. Okay, brill. So that is the end of the quiz, guys. If you want to tally up your own scores here as we go through the answers... So, Matt, question one. What was the name of the apartment complex where Rio finds the tattoo parlour? Okiyama Heights. Perfect. 
So, yeah, two points for that. I think I said, uh, yeah, I'll give you two points if you get a question bang on. Brilliant. I'll put two by that one. So question two, which water dragon store is next to Nagai Industries? This was harder, but I went for two, volume two. Very good. It is. It's Water Dragon 2 Thrift Ooh. Store. Question three. Can you name both of the barber stores in Bilbuta? Oh, I can name one. It's Leo okay. Barber and Hair Salon. I, I couldn't get the second. Okay. So Matt's right. It's Lou Barber and Hair Salon. But the other... Barbershop is called Maeda Barbershop. Ah, yes. It's now the one you, you go it. to first, yeah. And now then you he, say he, it. he unlocks the other one because he lets you know that the Mr. Lou or whatever his name is, he's just taken ill or something. I think yeah, he's taken ill and you go up there and, and then you go into the shop. They, they say, oh, he's in the park. And then, and then the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Question four. How many warehouses are there in the old warehouse district? This was kind of a trick question, but let's see what you got. I took a blind guess and said eight. Right. See, I thought most people probably would say eight because that's obviously the, the warehouse that you go to into where Master Chen is. There's actually ten, though. Ah, okay. So I have to give you nothing for that. That's wrong. <laughs> Can you name uh, six restaurants or food-related stores that are available on Dubuita Street? Right. So Tomato Convenience sells food. Yep. Uh, Soba Noodles. Yep. Aichi Chinese. Uh, yes, um, of course, yeah. Funny Bear Burger. Yeah. Uh, Mario's Pizza Place. Good stuff. And I can't can't remember the name of the bloody bakery, but I wrote bakery. That's fine. I'll let you off for that. So I'll give you two points for that. You've got six. So you could have had Yamaji Soba Noodles, Tamura Butcher Shop, Komine Bakery. Tom's mm-hmm. Hot Dogs, Uokichi Seafood, Tomato Convenience Store, Yaokatsu Produce, Takara Sushi, Funny Bear Burgers, Manapukan Ramen, Bob's Pizzeria, Ajiichi Chinese Restaurant. That's it. Good stuff. <laughs> okay. So if any listeners at home got different answers to Matt, just if you got six out of a possible 12 options there, well done. So moving into the Shemu 2 question. So question six was, name the six areas of Wan Chai that have quarter in their name. Yep. Um, no specific order. Golden Quarter. Yep. Lucky Charm Quarter. Yep. White Dynasty Quarter. Yep. South Carmain Quarter. Yep. Green Market Quarter. Yep. And Wise Man's Quarter. Spot on. Well done. Thought that might be quite tricky, actually, to... It took me ages to get Lucky Charm. <laughs> ages. I was sat there going, I've got five. I can't remember the last one. <laughs> yeah, tricky. Um, but good job there. Question seven was, name three locations in Wise Men's Quarter with Manmo in the name. Uh, you got Manmo Park, yep. Manmo Bistro, and Manmo Antique Shop. Ooh, interesting you didn't do Manmo Temple. So very good. Um, so the possible answers there were Mammo Antiques, Mammo Herb Medicine, Manmo China Shop, Mammo Bistro, Mammo Park, and Mammo Temple. Beautiful. So two points there, Matt. Uh, question eight, can you name all four of the wood? Yep, Gon, Dan, Yi, and Ji. Spot on. Question nine. So this was the Anvil Keys. 
Um, didn't need to give me the exact names, just if you could just say five of the animals out of the eight. So you have the white tiger. Yeah. Uh, the turtle slash tortoise. Yeah. Uh, phoenix. Okay. Dragon. Yeah. And I believe there's a fish. Spot on, yeah. So there's a fish key, a goat key, a rooster key, a wild boar key, blue dragon key, phoenix key, white tiger key, and the snake tortoise key that you actually get from Zhang. Beautiful. Spot on. So two points again there. And question 10, an easiest one. Just a bit of a trickish one if you're not sure out of the three. But how much money does the entry fee for the Rod Stunt Fight cost? $500. Perfect. Yeah. So you've got Greg Moore was 1,000, and obviously the, the Chunyan fight is 2,000. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving into Shemu three questions. So question 11, name five different areas within Bailey Village. So you've got the Village Square... Yeah. Uh, Sunflower Grove. Yeah. Panda Market. Yeah. Hermit's Nest. Yeah. And Sunset Hill. Perfect. Two points again. So you could have had Shenforce House, The Stone Pit, Marshall Hall, Verdant Bridge, Joy Park, Village Square, Bell Tower, Sunflower Grove, Abandoned Temple, Rainbow Basin, Panda Market, mm. Hermit's Nest, Manuan Temple, Sunset Hill, and Tertiary Spring. Quite a lot of areas, really, when you break it down like that. Yeah. So, question 12. Name the five different road names in Niawu. So, this was... One of them might be a bit controversial here, but okay. um, Sonari Road, the Promenade, Vendor Avenue, Blossom Road, and I put New Paradises. It's considered a separate section. Yeah. You've got all five. That's exactly what I was after. Excellent. And... Those, those are the only routes in the game, actually. I mean, you maybe could have said the Harbour Pier area, like that sort of area. Yeah, 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 I could have said yeah. that as well, in I'd fairness. let you off if you'd have said that one. Cool. So, name four different types of item available from the stores in Vendor Avenue. Uh, so, you can get books, you can get paintings, you can get fruit, yeah. and you can get... Um, like cooked kebab chicken. I can't remember the name of the shop. Also, actually, I'm going to change that and go noodles. Noodles. I'll let you have that. Yeah. I think you can get both of those things. I'll just run through the list here. So you've got clothing from Hong Kong Fashion, mooncakes from Shanghai Mooncake, sausages from The Worst Stand. So that's play on <laughs> words there, actually. It's pretty oui. cool. The Worst Stand. Yeah, German sausages. Uh, fruit from the Fruit Basket. Spices from the Red Pepper. Rice from the Instant Fried Rice. Egg tarts from Sweet Egg Tart. Desserts from Delectable Desserts. There's also Kitchenware from Kitchen Castle. Dim Sum from Koo's Dim Sum. Books from Dusty Pages. Bird Cages from The Bird Cage. Toys from Tyke Toys. Seafood from Seafood Shamai. Steam Buns from Ray Buns. <laughs> which I think is a funny name for a shop as well. I think that's a play on words like Ray Buns, Ray Buns. Very clever, that. Very I like clever, that. Yeah. Pictures from Blue Skies Gallery, which I'll let you have paintings for. That's pictures. That's kind of what they are, aren't they? Like an art gallery. Uh-huh. Fruit skewers from Fruit Feast. Masks from Funny Masks. Noodles from Joseph Kitchen's Fried Noodles, of course. Tin foods from Foreign Foodstuffs. Jewellery from Beautiful Baubles. Shooting range. 
Uh, I think I just put that in there. It's not really an item that you can buy, but there's a shooting range. Pots from the bottle shop. Plants from Greenhouse. Stone butters from Buddha Market. Vegetables from the Village Vegetables. More fruits from Fruit Express. Fish from Fish Fair. Fishing equipment from Get River Fish. And just for the sake of naming all the vendors, there's also a turtle racing stand. Oh, yeah, there I is. probably would have accepted as well. So if you've got any four out of those, quite an easy question, really. There's quite a lot of choice there. You could probably have made up some answers there to get all four. But yeah, give yourself two points if you got four out of possible whatever there was there, 30 stalls. It's hard, though, thinking on the spot that quick because you think yeah. you doubt yourself. Exactly, yeah, that's true. Within a 20-second time period as well, so... Question 14. Can you name three different capsule toy sets in Shenmue 3? Uh, keys, cars, and the Shenmue 1 characters in Bailu Village. Keys. Uh... Oh, yeah. Capsule key set. Yeah. Got that. So the possible... You, you got all two points on that one. Sorry, you got them all. So the sets available are the animal set, the ball set, the car set 1, cars set 2, chair set, dog set, firefighter set, Fishing set one, fishing set two, game set, gem set, golden Buddha set, hat set, heavy machinery set, instrument set, jet boat set, key set, mask set, other Buddha set, yeah. <laughs> plate set, radio set, ring set, shemu one set, shemu two set, shoe set, table set, tennis set, TV set, vase set, and weapon set. So if you've got any three out of those, you'll be solved. Two points. Jesus, the amount of them are in there. God, I remember getting that trophy and losing my mind. Collecting all the sets. Did you? Did you get the yeah, rare I, toys? And... Yeah, I did it all. I did it all, and I, I seriously could have cried. <laughs> it, there is a lot there, isn't there? I don't, I don't know. Two, three, There's four, a shed five, load. So they did thirty. So there's thirty sets there that you can get. So even though there's no Sega capsule toys in the in the game, I think they gave us more than enough. Yeah, didn't they just? Which is cool to see. So question 15. Name each of the correct animal types that Rio has to think of in order to determine the name of the fighting style of Mr. Muscles. Right, His name is me... Gay or whatever. Guy. Mr. G. <laughs> G um, yeah. In no specific order, snake, bear, monkey, dragon. Spot on. Yeah, snake, monkey, dragon, bear I got. I struggled with monkey. I couldn't remember it, and it all of a sudden just came to my head. Yeah, we did well there, man. I mean, we only spoke about that in episode eight, was it, the podcast? Yeah, because that was yeah. in the Yowoo yeah. side yeah, of things. Yeah, that's probably the thing that saved me. Yeah, I thought that might just be you know, resonating in your brain a little bit somewhere. <laughs> so the general questions, question 16, how many chapter tells are there? Uh, 11. Spot on. I thought that might just throw you a little bit in thinking of yeah. like how many of those pictures there was in terms because obviously at I some pitched, point there was like 16 chapters weren't there at some point yeah I I always remember the picture I don't necessarily can't remember what's all in them but I always remember there's five at the top yeah and then the rest at the bottom so or six yeah there's like more five. at the bottom than this like, yeah yeah okay question 17 how old was Iwao Hazuki when he died 46 bang on man How did you remember that? Just guess I'll be honest, I sat there and thought, I'm going to go in the middle and I'll go, do I, I'll go one either side. And I went the right way. <laughs> Complete bloody guess. 
Question 18. What's the name given to the martial arts style that Jianmen can be seen practising in Lotus Park in the South Korean quarter? Chen style Tai Chi. Yes. Spot on again. Two points. Okay, question 19. How old is Nozomi Harazaki? 18. Bang on. Thought it might throw you a bit because obviously... There's different ages knocking about with Shemfar and stuff, but yeah, Nozomi's 18, same age as Ryo. Question 20, what does Shemfar say that the names Bai and Lu mean in Chinese for the village's name Bai Lu? So it's a white deer. Yeah, so Bai means white and Lu means deer. Very good. Let's see what you got for the music now. So the first track, what did you get for that? Our friend Tomato, convenience store. Bang on. I'm going to play a clip, 30 second clip, just so you can hear that in all its glory. Second track, what did you get, man? This one I struggled with a little bit more, um, but I put Nozomi Park scene down for some reason. Ooh, I think okay. it's wrong. It is wrong. So this is the Shoeing Sorrow. where she's looking at a photo of her, her brother and God, Rio stumbles out. into the room. Yeah. Completely out. Okay, fine. So if you guessed the name of the song there, I, I don't know if that's the exact name, Shoeing Sorrow, um, but if you could just, if you guessed like that's that cut scene, give yourself two points. Or one point, actually, one point. Track three, what did you get, man? Um... It's played with the old homeless gentleman at the, at, when you buy him a coffee or speak to him. Okay, you got that wrong, actually. It's Asia Travel Company, that was. Oh, shit. <laughs> so it is. Yeah. God, it's very so sim- similar. Very similar now, yeah. I bet, because I knew what it was going in, but I bet if you had heard that without any context, uh, yeah. I, I can yeah. see why you got confused, yeah. Hey guys, it's James. Just adding this in here because after the show, I went and checked the piece of music that plays during the homeless guy getting kicked out of the warehouse and asking Rio for a coffee scene. And it is actually the same piece of music that plays for Asia Travel Company. Um, Surprisingly, I didn't realise that they reused the same piece of music in both locations. So Matt was actually correct. Um, So for this particular question, the answer, you could have had the, the answer that Matt gave, homeless guy getting a coffee, or Asia Travel Company. 
as um, a correct answer as well. So we'll have to credit Matt a point um, extra. So whatever his score is at the end of the quiz, add an extra point, and that is Matt's final score. Interesting. Very similar. Actually, yeah. I'm here. Yeah, you. Yeah, bloody hell. Well, I look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, track four. What did you get? Uh, forklift. Show me three. Yeah, bang on. Five. Uh, am I allowed to say Willy Wonka? No. Um, Bailey Village walking, um, walking down from like Shenhua's house down to the village square. Yeah, spot on. I did put the name of the song on from what it is in the soundtrack. It's O in Toe or Ox in Toe, is it? Ox in Toe, toe yeah. yeah. And I did put in brackets pure imagination, Willy Wonka fame. Wee. <laughs> Uh, track six. Uh, funny enough, I, I use this in a video, Queen Street Day. You got it wrong, actually. It's Workers' Pier Day. Is it? Mm. very similar yeah I, well i can see why you get them two mixed up anyway workers peer in queen street i suppose queen street was one we, we used in the other the other week actually wanted for the yeah again, for the episode eight i think we did it for the damn shamu three Niawu thing queen was it oh no that was wise man's wise man's yeah, yeah okay um track seven uh come over guest house yeah spot on 
Track 8. Uh, memories of Distant Days, Carrot Scene. You got that okay. spot on. get shot if I didn't know that. I thought you'd know that one. <laughs> That's why I picked that one, actually, just see if I could catch you off guard. Um, track nine. Um, it's the motorcycle scene as Rio goes sort of picking up the motorcycle off into debris before you hit the sort of the um, hang on bit. Yeah, bang on. That's borrowing Naoki's motorbike. And the last track there, I don't know if I caught you off guard a little bit, a little bit with that one. A tiny bit, but it's the rose garden loading screen, loading area yeah. walk bit. Yeah, walking. Well, it's yeah. I put rose garden. That's what it's called. So if you've got them, give yourself a, a total. So Matt, you got 45 out of 50. That's excellent, really. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> I will take that all day. Yeah, spot on. Bang on, mate. Very well done indeed. So how well did you do, listeners? If you want to shoot over a score for yourselves over on Twitter or wherever you um, followed the dojo, it would be very interesting to see. And like I say, please be very honest with your scores interesting to see if you uh, did better or worse than Matt. So yeah, well done Matt and well done everyone for playing at home. Radio Sega's Winterfest 2021 December 17th to the 20th only on Radio Sega. Hey everyone, KC from the Sega Lounge podcast and Radio Sega here. So my memories of Christmas in Shenmue are probably a bit unusual I would say. So the way I played through the game the first time all those years ago, Ryo ended up heading to Hong Kong at around Christmas time 1986. And from my very vague memories of that playthrough, when Ryo headed to the harbor for the last time and you get that cutscene of him walking along basically the whole world of the first game, it was snowing and I do believe I passed by local bars advertising guy Santa Claus. <laughs> so that scene really hit hard the first time I played it, 
there was like an extra layer of sadness involved. Everyone was happy, celebrating with their families, and Ryo was leaving town, leaving his family and friends behind in pursuit of the man who killed his father. So, all the feels. Anyway, that's what I think of when it comes to Christmas and Shenmue. Thanks for having me, Matt and James. Have a good one, guys. So we're going to open Cracker 4 now, man. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah, moving on very swiftly through this episode. I don't know why I'm still pretending to pick <laughs> Cracker <up. laughs> This is a good joke. Okay, I've got a good joke go for on, you now. Go okay, so what does Shenfor say every time she goes swimming? Go on. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Again, oh, hopefully... Made laugh. hopefully... made me laugh more than he should. <laughs> hopefully you got that reference from the end of show too, when she's diving into the river after the deer, of course. Deer, dear. Brilliant. So let's move on to our next musical interlude, and here is Shimu's version of Silent Night, Holy Night. Welcome back. That was Silent Night, Holy Night, again from the Shemu Passport. So next up, Matt, we wanted to highlight a couple of Christmas-themed fan projects 
Could you let the listeners know what is out there in terms of fan games, perhaps? I can do. There's actually a very small collection of them. I'm going to start in order in terms of when they came out. Mm-hmm. So the first one I've got here is Shenmue Gaiden, uh, a Christmas event from 2016. This is actually by one of our staff members, uh, Shenson. So what this is, it says a short game that he wanted to release on Christmas Day that year, but um, got pushed back due to work and a few other bits and pieces. Very lighthearted. And the other sort of premise of it is, is you're invited to a Christmas party and debuted by your old friend Fukusan, and upon arriving, you agree to help with party preparations and a figure watching you from the shadows. And it's up to you and Santa to save Shenmue's Christmas. Okay. So it's like a point-and-click type adventure uh, set at Christmas. Um, you are the player, so you, you enter your own name, and from that point on, you the NPCs, etc., refer to you by your actual names. So you can put your own name in. There's like dialogue trees in terms of the choices that you can make. And it's about a half an hour, 40 minute type of game. And it also says here the game is deliberately paced. So don't sort of skip due to impatience, etc. And you can play it in full screen mode. So that's that's one of them. It's very lighthearted, takes the mickey out of itself a little bit. And it's just a bit of fun. Yeah, very well done as well. I, I remember watching Peter stream the entirety of the playthrough of that, that game. And I think I played it myself through as well. And Shanson's done an incredible job, really, just even just adapting a bit of a Shenmue story within there as well. And it's quite quite a long game, really. I think it's around two hours, really, I think, from memory to get well, through the whole thing. You, you lead me on to the next one, which is mm-hmm. his second entry. And this is two hours long. Oh, and, okay. And this is uh, Shenmue Guide and A Christmas Story. in, And this was 2018. And I've got mm-hmm. the old dojo topic up. Um, this was a, this was slightly late. Um, he released it in February. Shenson again released this yeah. in two, February two thousand eighteen. Um, due to sort of work and other commitments, couldn't get couldn't get it out in two thousand seventeen. This is two and a half hours, so it's quite a long one. Mm-hmm. And he says that you recommend people take breaks between days, especially if you're not used to reading so much text. So the plot. The festive season is back. You've been invited to spend four days in the Dubuit in Dubuit at the Hazuki residence. However, the enjoyment doesn't last long as Christmas is thrown into complete chaos. Scrooge is back and now is in possession of two important Shenmue items. He also has an army of fighters at his disposal. It's up to you and Santa to recruit a team of capable individuals to confront Scrooge and save Christmas once for all. And it says a new threat lurks in the shadows and is said to be the strongest fighter of them all. Again, it's very similar in vain to the to the original Christmas um, Christmas story one, in fact, uh, Christmas yeah. event one, rather. You, you are the player, you you put your name in, it refers to you as that from that point. There's dynamic choices in this. So what he's done here, he's saying that the responses in the original were, were very similar regardless of what you choose. However, this has 80% choice variation responses. So it means you can play through the game entirely as a nice guy, bad guy somewhere in between. I can see actually one of the one of the um, choices he's got. He's got man up Fukusan, <laughs> which I think is quite funny. Yeah, it's funny. So that's quite quite good. And he's got capsule machines in there as well. Access to the harbour and an access to sort of limited number of stores as well. It's just a big expansion on on the previous sort of concept, really which is cool. Uh, there's actually some Shemu Online characters pop up. I might be making this up, but I swear Kazuma Kiryu pops up in this, or am I making it up? I, I vaguely know what you mean, yeah. I think like the Project X Zone sort of drawing of him, I can see popping up 
for some reason I can see it in my head. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I might be making that up, but I'm fairly certain there's some sort of cameo appearances in this one. So yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it's a two and a half hour game. Um, and yeah, it's, again, it's very well put together. It's, you can see the care and the attention that's gone into it with all the branching sort of dialogue trees, etc. It must take a bloody age to write that and get it all together and get the feel right. And no fair play, it's a good, good Christmas game, actually. It's a good sort of one to sort of dip in and out of two and a half hours. I think Peter may have streamed this one in its entirety as well. That could be the one I'm thinking of, yeah. Back in He's the day. maybe streamed both of them, but they're definitely worth downloading over Christmas and just oh. devoting a bit of your time to. And, and, and where can you download these from, man? So they are available on our through our media section. If not, and you can't get hold of them, then we will put the original links in the um, in the YouTube from the original from the .net forums. Yeah, so you can get all of that as well. But yeah, if you haven't played them, they're well worth a go and just something a bit different to do do over the Christmas break. But those are sort of the two sort of more full on games, if you like. I've got two more here by the same guy, Bloodhound Town. You may remember him, who was putting together Shenmue um, in Dreams. Yeah, and he's an interview with this guy as well. Yeah, I, did, I interviewed him. God, it must be must be a year ago now. Must be, and nice bloke, and was working away at this for quite a long time. And he didn't have the whole thing finished by Christmas last year. But what he did do uh, was do Shenmue VR Christmas in Dubuita. On, he released it Christmas Day last year, I believe, and you get um, you can go in VR in Dreams, or you can use your controller, and you get a walk get a walk around of Wheater Street in Dreams, and it's a quite an accurate representation of it actually. Um, I did I used it in a video when I did some Shenmue in Dreams stuff. I think I did a video in February this year about it, where I, I covered there was a Space Harrier remake. There was the Hazuki Dojo, and then there was this. Yeah, uh, it's, it's well worth the sort of scoot around. It's got some nice Christmas music playing in the background as well. It's not very long; it's only a few, you know, like a few streets, and you've got the loading screens in between. But it gives you a good feel, and actually, it's pretty damn accurate to the Dewita Street in the game. Actually, yeah. nigh on flawless, I would say. And if you've got VR as well, it's definitely worth yeah. dropping into. If you've got Dreams and you've got a PSVR setup, go check it out. It's uh, it's really well made. And then the last one, isn't it a game? But it's sort of a Christmas present, he says, is the Rio model for Dreams, where Bloodhound Town has made Rio for Dreams. So you can throw him in any of your Dreams games. You can throw him into Breeders Street and use him and walk around. You can customise him. You can do what you like. And I believe that's on its way out for Christmas very, very shortly. Um, yeah. So check that out as well. He tweeted that out the other day, actually, didn't he? I think it was yesterday or the day. I can't remember. Yeah. Really cool. It actually fooled me. I thought he'd actually made yeah, a Rio Azuki action figure because he looked like he was holding a box or he had it under the tree or something. And it, it looked real. And and then, you know, watching it back again, you can see that it's, it's actually a graphic. <laughs> very cleverly put together, that video, actually. Yeah. Very well done. I mean, I love his work, and yeah, I do. I do hope that that the Dreams project sort of gets finished, actually, because it's. I think it's something that um, a gets the name out there a bit more, and a shows off, a, and b shows off a really, really good talent for it. And then I'm quite big. It doesn't matter whether it's Dreams, Unreal, or anything else. If you want to go and create a game, create a game. Enjoy yourself. Have fun doing it, because that's the whole bloody point of games is to have fun. Yeah, and making them as well. It's exactly Dreams is pretty cool. 
Dreams is brilliant. It's such a powerful tool. I mean, I've messed around on it. Someone remade Outrun in there. Someone's done Space Harrier. The Considering what it is and the creativity out there, it's mind-blowing how good that piece of software is. It's absolutely mind-blowing that you can give somebody who's not a programmer by trade, doesn't have a lot of knowledge of that area, give them the right tools and tutorials around it and they can create something truly magical. Bring it on. That's exactly what you want. Yeah, and you don't have to have a VR headset for Dreams. No, it's not a no. VR-specific game. You can just pick it up and, yeah, these people that have made Sonic fan games on there, Mario fan games I've seen, just all sorts. You could just search for anything that you're really interested into and I'm pretty sure someone's probably tried to make a bit of a game out of it or, or some sort of a, a concept, working concept. Just type in Shenmue and there must probably about 10 projects now. Yeah. Different sort of Shenmue-themed games and stuff that you can try out on Dreams. So, yeah, very cool stuff there, man. Good stuff. Cool, cool. So, let's open Cracker 5. Wee. Wee. So, <laughs> this one I quite like. It's, it's topical. I didn't really word it like that but you'll get what i mean all right go for it so did you hear about that new outbreak of mad cow disease in china i think it started in kowloon (laughs) 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 dear (laughs) sorry sorry man sorry for subjecting you to these terrible terrible jokes They're quite, they're quite fun. They're like incorporating oh, some Shenmue themes. In they there. live up to the Christmas cracker jokes, that's for sure. They're, they're quite funny. Fair play for writing them. Fair play. Oh, cheers, man. There's more Winterfest coming right after this. Check out our full programming schedule at radiosega.net. So we're in the last segment now of this year's Christmas special, and I wanted to end with a fun little game for us both. So Matt, you don't know anything about this yet, so I've written down 30 character names across the entire series, and for each of them, I've written just one word to describe them. So this was the first word that popped into my head. I want you to do the same. I want you to come up with one word to sum up each of them. So the first word that you can think of when I name the character, and let's try and use 30 different words if possible. One per character, somewhat of a, a word association style of game. Mm-hmm. And we're going to compare and see if we happen to get any matching words. All right. Yeah. Okay. Let's so, do it. Okay. Goro. Elvis. I said idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Master Chen. Uh, noble. I said calm. Mm-hmm. Chai. Gollum. Ooh, okay, that's that annoying. <laughs> Nozomi? Uh, innocent. Sweet. Similar sort close, of word, actually. Very close. Fukusan. Annoying. I said big mouth. I don't know if that's two words, but... Uh, you can have it. <laughs> big mouth. Wow. Strong. I said dead. <laughs> dead? <laughs> um, shit. Uh, Tom. Groovy. Groovy, as if you said that, I said groovy. Ah. Very good, very good. Mark. American. Nice, I said dull. I couldn't really think of one for Mark. He just got that sort of droney voice, anti. <laughs> Ine-san. Uh, mother. Not 
for Officer Karen. Is that? Yeah, Guizang. Cool. Okay, I said noble. I think you said noble for Chen, so. Yeah. Similar. Joy. Brash. Reckless. Close. Mm, close. Fang Mei. Uh, cat. Cute, I said. Dalin. <laughs> uh, Uh, boxes. Uncoordinated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Master Baihu. Mysterious. Ooh, I said interesting. Shoeing. Oh. Awesome. Strong. Wong. It was shit. I said brat. <laughs> <laughs> Doing you. Pain. Pain. I said fat. <laughs> Yuan? Yuan. This is the yeah, female Yuan. Uh, okay. Or male, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> eccentric. Uh, mental, I said. So, yeah, very similar. Mental, yeah. Uh, Jamin? Calm. Mm, I said graceful. I was thinking of him like doing his mm-hmm. Tai Chi. Zienda? Or Yuanda Zoo, depending on which game you're playing. Deceptive. I said smoky. Flandy? <laughs> mm-hmm. Ooh. That's a good one. I'm trying to think of a good word for him that isn't evil. Master. Master. It's a dragon. Oh, yeah. Aldia? Uh, village noble. Mm. I, don't, I don't think my words are very good. I just said old. Chamfort? <laughs> <laughs> uh, ying to Rio's Yang. Nice. I said companion. So, yeah, yeah, true. That works. Fits. Shilling. Shilling. Feisty. Feisty. I just said who? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's mainly just because you don't really have much to do with it. Yeah, it's a shame. I think there was more to her than than, than we got, unfortunately. Yeah. Master Bay. Master Bay. Cormorant guy. Oh, unassuming. Mm. I just said fisherman. Couldn't really think of anything. Uh, Misty One. Stonemason. Yes, I said Stonemason. Wren. Cocky. I said Crafty, very similar. Niaosun. Deceptive. I said Boobs. Boobs. (laughs) Master Sun. Drunk. Yeah, I said Alcoholic. And finally, Rio. Oh, stubborn. I said revenge. Very good, very good. So, yeah, I think we got two bang on and some very similar yeah. sort of words there. Yeah, just interesting to see how you can condense a character's persona with one word, really. It's hard to, really it hard. It is quite hard, actually, yeah. And that's probably just because my word knowledge isn't very strong. The Theosaurus out or something. <laughs> 
But yeah, so that's it, guys. We've come to the end of this year's Shenmue Dojo Christmas special for Radio Sega's Winterfest event 2021. Hope you all enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun to produce, and Matt was a great sport with the quizzes and my awful cracker jokes. Wait. And we're going to close the show, actually, with a final Christmas cracker joke. <laughs> so here is the final joke. Go for it. Hmm, that's strange. This one just says Goro. <laughs> that one was for you, Peter. <laughs> well, that's the best one of the lot, in fairness. Best one of the lot. He is a joke, isn't he? Oh, don't say that publicly, James. We'll get lynched by like half the fan base. True, true. Everyone loves Goro. Oh, dear. Okay, guys, thanks again then for an incredible year here at Shemu Dojo. Thanks for all the kind words you've given us about the podcast over the last year, all the video content too, that's interviews and unboxing series, Shemu World Issue 1 with two to come early next year, being a part of the forums and the ongoing daily discussion we'll have over there, lapping up our social media posts and keeping on top of all the latest Shemu news and merchandise. So let's hope that 2022 is our year once again. Anime knocks it out of the park and sets us up nicely for a Shenmue 4 reveal. Here's open here, Matt. Yeah, definitely. Big year next year. The anime looks good. Just see how we go and we'll we'll keep the content coming as much as we can. Great stuff. So we're going to close the show with Christmas on Dewita Street. Hope you all have a wonderful Christmas, everyone, and we'll see you again in the new year. Take care. Boom. Boom.
Ah, oh, look at the time. 